106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Come on, Mabry, you know what I've discovered, Madam Chair? You know what these houses did not have? They were built 100 years ago in cities in America. You know what they did not have, Commissioner? Locks. Locks. Now, I ask you all, what happened to that country, man? A country where homes were built in cities with no locks. A country where guns were everywhere and virtually not regulated at all. Where millions of Americans, 14 million Americans came back. It's 11% of the population at the time, after World War II, with incredible skills of war and weapons of war, as you call them, everywhere. But we didn't have mass shootings. And here we sit today, where an entire once proud Democratic Party is pre presenting unbelievably unconstitutional laws to press upon our nation. And we have a police commissioner that says he would go home to home and confiscate legally owned weapons. I mean, President Trump brought it up as in Baltimore. And when I go out and tell people that on July the 4th, 1867, that the Republican Party of Texas was founded by 150 black people, they freak out. You got Republicans in Texas that didn't even know who founded their own party. Now, I got a problem with that. Right. And that's an powerful, incredible message so that when those chuckleheads are standing out there calling us white nationalists and, and, and racist, we should say, no, your party was the one that was creating the Ku Klux Klan. You may remember that last year when Pete Buttigieg was busted commuting in a carbon belching SUV, one of the vehicles that destroys the climate, then unloading a bicycle from the back seat for a short, widely photographed ride to the White House. You're seeing that footage on your screen now. Now that should have been the very first tip that Reverend Pete's sermons and the self-described climate activists who applauded those sermons are all entirely fraudulent. And in fact, they are fraudulent. Roughly half of all emission created by airplanes are emitted by the richest 1% of the population flying private, the great majority of these, Biden voters and big fans of, you guessed it, the Reverend Pete Buttigieg. At best, Joe Biden is living the life he's lived for quite some time, which is as the source of cash for his ne'er-do-well son and his ne'er-do-well brother, who have made a fortune from hostile foreign government. And again, we're not guessing at that. Hunter Biden already admitted it on TV. You didn't have any extensive knowledge about natural gas or Ukraine itself, though. Uh, no, but I think that I had as much knowledge as anybody else that was on the board, if not more. In the list that you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the vice president. Of course, president. yeah, no. I, I, what role do you think that played? I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the Vice President of the United States. That lady's no longer on TV, by the way, for some reason. Maybe the questions were too tough. Give me a break. That's a bunch of malarkey. Who, who, who said Trump's idea is a good one? Okay, Reverend Pete, so you set the terms here. So how's your climate record? That seems like a fair question, given that you've just told us that we will go to hell for our carbon emissions. So let's see how you're doing. Fox News Digital just got a hold of the Reverend Pete's travel schedule, a list of trips he's taken since getting the job at the transportation department. And it turns out that Reverend Pete is the Jimmy Swagger of climate clergy. He was commanding you not to do it, at the same time he was doing it himself in a very big way, way more than you've ever thought of doing it. In less than two years, Buddha judge 
coach has flown private at taxpayer expense nearly 20 times. He's jetted to Ohio and Florida and New Hampshire, among other places. In September, Buttigieg took an FAA jet to a Canadian gay rights ceremony to accept an award for his LGBTQ plus advocacy, something else he's been doing since he gave up on the roads. All this has been extremely expensive for you and every other taxpayer. You may recall that Donald Trump's HHS secretary, Tom Price, lost his job for doing exactly the same thing. An outraged Politico.com drove him out of office. Good afternoon, this is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, uh, episode 201, to be uh, listened to on February 4, 2023, so we're getting it ready now in a few days, 2024-2023, you can uh, listen to it uh, wherever you get it at, whether it's at our website at nohostagesradio.com or off your favorite uh podcast source so uh you can reach me at 530-713-1838 you can text me there or call me i'm over here on the left coast so we get up later than the rest of you uh so you might keep that in mind if you want to chat but uh, i will try to answer the phone call whenever it comes in i don't really do office hours so 530-713-1838 or you can email me at lou l-o-u L-O-U at NoHostagesRadio.com, and that'll get to me. And I uh, that's not my main email. It's just my media email. And so I do check that, though, every day or so to make sure I'm responding. If you have some comments or you have some input, I'm not just going to uh, tell you to send something to, to me and not pay attention to it. I value your opinion, whether you like me or not. And I'm sure if you don't like me, you wouldn't be listening very long. So uh, for all those that are listening, uh, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show uh, because it's uh, this uh, program was created to try to inform and educate people. And uh, when, if I quit doing that and I'm not needed, uh, I got other things I can do. But in the meantime, there's a lot going on, and I'm trying to uh, influence a lot of folks out there that may be uh, – trying to stay up with what's going on in our country, which is the first time, and actually it's the first time in my life since I was born here that I thought the government was actually trying to hurt me. That's it's kind of freaky, isn't it? The government trying to hurt you. You'd think the government would be watching out for you, like when you take the uh, oath of office. I've been in office a couple, a few times uh, as a school board member, and I took the oath about protecting and defending people, helping people serving people and uh, the Constitution. And then when you learn that the government lies to you, cheats you, uh, tries to arrest you, <coughs> tries to uh, misinform you, gives you drugs that are bad for you, you know, something's wrong. So we're, we're in a fight, and I think I'm going to be in this fight till I drop dead. 
because uh, I don't have too many years left on this earth. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just trying to be factual. And uh, so I'm throwing down against these people, uh, mainly because uh, I got some grandkids I'd like to have a good shot at life in America, and I'm not sure that's going to work out that well for them. They don't get it yet, but uh, they're about to get it here in a few years. So uh, thanks for listening, and I uh, let me just uh, let's see if there's anything else. Oh, we also do a live show on uh, Saturdays, uh, if you're ever interested in listening to that. We cover some of the same material, but then we also break off and do other things. And that's at uh, KNYC. So if you go wherever you are listening from, in whatever state or out of the state, you can go to Live365, the number 365, Live365.com. And then where it says radio, you just put in the call letters KMYC, and uh, that'll bring on the live stream through the Internet to you. And whatever's on then, uh, you'll get. So we're on from 10 a.m. in the morning till 1 p.m. in the afternoon. And you can give us a shout uh, or give a listen. And uh, if uh, if that's of interest to you, you're, you're bored to death, okay? So I want to mention to you this this uh, statement that I found. You know, I, sometimes people just say things in a creative way, and it means more than just rattling it off in, in uh, a, a paragraph or so. So I, I titled this, Think About This. And the person wrote, Once you understand that the solution wasn't created to solve the problem. Let me just say this. That's just the first half. Once you understand that the solution wasn't created to solve the problem. So and what, what this person's saying is once you understand that the jab wasn't created to solve the virus, right? Then, then the person goes on to say, but rather the problem was intentionally created, the virus was intentionally created for the solution, the jab, to be rolled out. When you understand the difference there, then you will comprehend the magnitude of evil and the people behind everything that's going on. Okay? Let me just state that all together for you in the way the person wrote it, because I thought it was kind of profound, just the way the words fit together there. Once you understand that the solution wasn't created to solve the problem, but rather the problem was intentionally created for the solution to be rolled out, then you will under, understand or comprehend the magnitude of evil in the people behind everything. Now, when you realize that many people involved in the COVID conspiracy or the COVID con were actually government people that you thought were on our side— but instead, uh, you're seeing a lot of your loved ones and co-workers die because of their, uh, their evil. That should just piss you off. If it doesn't, uh, you are in a bad way, and you need probably to go out and sit in a cave somewhere or go into a lonely place and come to terms with yourself because you're not thinking normal. If, some, if people getting damaged by the government doesn't get to you, and you don't really care, it's only a matter of time before that's going to happen to you. The other thing I found this week that was just, I found these things provocative, and this one came from Chris Ann Hall. Chris Ann's been out here in California to speak numbers of times in conferences and having her own meetings regarding the conf Constitution and the history of the Constitution. It's one thing to get a class on the Constitution. It's another thing to figure out 
the history behind the Constitution. And Chris Ann Hall is there's none other than Chris Ann at peeling that banana. So ChrisAnnHall.com, that's spelled Chris K R I S and A N N E Hall, common spelling H A L L K R I S A N N E H A L L dot com. Now she has all kinds of wonderful resources. If you have children, your children should be connected to learning the Constitution and the incredible people that led up to the Constitution you will never hear in a history class in in the public system. So uh, I recommend her highly. You can connect with her on Facebook. You can get Facebook downloads. You can pay to be a part of her schooling thing. And uh, I'm telling you, if I had kids nowadays, I was starting over, I'd have them so plugged into her. And a number of other people online, they'd be the smartest kids in town. So she put this out, and I, I think it's provocative. So I look for special stuff like this for you, because if it jazzes me, I'm thinking, I think they might get jazzed over it. So the title of this is Special Message for Parents. Particularly, I'm talking about parents of kids whose kids are in the government school. I call them government school because they're not public schools, because they're not really good for anybody in the public. And most, a lot of times in the, the public doesn't want to go to them. So they're government schools. They're designed for the government to propagandize your kids. That's how they're working nowadays. They may not have been started out that way, but that's how they ended up. So she says, special message for parents. And if, if I had to write this, I would write uh, the title. I'd say special parents for kids in government schools. She says, please be on notice. Now, now, I, just a thing about Chris Ann. Chris Ann is a trained attorney. She also was a Russian linguist for the Army at one time. She also thought of being a medical doctor. The gal's got a head on her shoulders to start there. So she worked as a prosecutor for the state of Florida and was basically canned because she was teaching about the Constitution on her own time for no pay at Tea Party meetings and in schools and stuff, and the government told her, you can't do that uh, or you're going to get fired. So she just resigned and did that full time. So uh, she is, um, a lot of attorneys uh, may be sharp defense attorneys, but they don't know the Constitution, okay? So a lot of what we're talking about nowadays, my friends aren't violating a criminal law. They're trying to stand for their constitutional rights, and they're getting hammered by the government for it. So that's why Chris Ann Hall is particularly provocative at this time. She says, please be on notice that when you enroll your child in government schools, you are legally co-parenting with the government. Now, this isn't just some abstract, airy-fairy concept. Listen closely. The legal term is, in quotes, in loco parentis. That's I-N, separate word, loco, L-O-C-O, separate word, parentis, P-A-R-E-N-T-I-S. That's a three-word phrase in loco parentis, in quotes. It's a legal term. The legal term, she says, is in loco parentis. And then she says, and the courts have held for decades that the government schools are the, again, three words in quotes, parent in place. So the government, the, de- the courts have held for decades that government schools are the parent in place to the child at the schools. She says, you cannot legally argue 
that you are not co-parenting with government if your child is in a government school. Moreover, the courts are granted more and more parental authority to government schools. Then she says the only way to have the legal standing, remember, you've heard this term legal standing. Somebody says, I want to go make a presentation in court about this, that, or the other thing, and they'll say, you don't have any legal standing. The only way to have the legal standing that you are not co-parenting with government is to not send your child to a government school. Did you hear that? The only way if you get in trouble with the government is to to have legal standing is when you do not co-parent with the government. You hear me? She says you must make a choice. You must choose. So the people that have their kids in a private school like uh, Epic, EPEC, uh, out at Church of Glad Tidings, or the school out at uh, Bible Baptist Church on North Beale Road, or, or uh, New Life, or F- Faith Christian, or uh, there's a variety of Notre Dame, or they don't have a school now, I don't think it's, uh, let's see, what St. Isidore's. These are local schools where I reside that uh, your par- your parents then could have legal standing in court at the government and say, we're not co-parenting with the government because our kids aren't in government schools. Now, it's interesting. I've uh, just got sent to me. People are sending things to me all the time, which I really appreciate. A person sent to me a clip uh, about a woman in Chico, California. Well, that's just an hour north of us here. Chico, California, that's where Cal State University Chico is and her 11 year old daughter was in a a middle school and uh, she found out that her daughter had made a comment to a counselor that contrary to being a daughter she actually felt like a boy well the counselor then took it upon herself not to call the parent and have a discussion about the daughter but to said well maybe uh, she changed her pronouns for the girl the boy girl boy uh, changed her pronouns and and let her take a new name and uh, never talked to the parents about it. And there, maybe it's a single female uh, running the household, a mother. So it ended up the mother found out about it and uh, began to talk to the school about it. And they said, oh, they were totally in within the law about what they did. Now, that would fall under this Chris Ann Hall concept here of the schools are the parent in place. So more and more schools are saying, when the kid is with us, we're the parent, right? It used to be back when I was in school, they would call the parents. Or they would send a note home to the parents to get a hold of them. Or they would set up a meeting with the parent. Or the parent definitely was in charge, and but now they're saying this. So the school teacher or the school counselor took authority over the child and began uh, preparing the child for a transition to boyhood. The mother found out about it and now is suing the school district, uh, which it may be a very interesting outcome to see. Do parents really have authority when the kids leave their home anymore? Or are they just loaned to the parents at night to keep overnight and then sent back out to school? You know, actually, they're spending more waking hours around the school than they are many times around the parents. When you subtract out, the parents don't come right home. They got to work till five or six o'clock. Then they get home, cook dinner, have a couple hours with their children at night, go to sleep, get them up for school. Boom. So 
Uh, special message to parents. That's from Chris Ann Hall. You want to know more about that? She does not usually do legal consultation, I don't think. But, or she doesn't defend people in court. She mainly educates people on what the Constitution really shares or says. And it's interesting that what I like about her is she just doesn't BS. There's a lot of people talking about, oh, well, you should do this because this is what the Constitution is. She actually spells out why and the where, when, and why of the Constitution and then leaves it up to you on what you're going to do, whether you're going to take your kids out of school or whatever. And and I know she raises a child of her own who's a teenager, and they raise him and educate him themselves. And she's a big advocate that the government schools are not only not teaching the proper history of the United States, they're not teaching you anything about the good things about the United States of America, and they're definitely not teaching about the Constitution. So you need to learn that on your own. And no use being bitter about it. I, always, I tell kids at Juvenile Hall, don't be bitter about your parents if they failed you. Let's just move on and get the information they couldn't give you. If they didn't speak Spanish, they only spoke English, don't be mad because they couldn't speak Spanish. Just go take a Spanish class. So uh, my ad- advocate, advocacy is hey get the information you need there has been no time in america like today unless you want to go all the way back to the 1700s and everybody was having a throwdown fit over uh being ruled by the king of england now right now we have a lot of people in this country that want to be the, they want to be ruled by a communist government and remember last week i told you that socialism is when you vote in an oppressive system and uh, and the uh, communism is when you, when it comes by violence. So one in one way you get murdered, and the other way you get suicided, because socialism and communism are bad news. Um, so I've been talking about down where I live. I live in a town they call Marysville. That's what's on the map, but it's really, I call it Zombieville, and it, and it used to be a really nice town, but it's been turned into a house, uh, a, a, re- a refuge for zombies, and they're all over the streets day and night, and they're allowed to do basically whatever they want. They're like cows. When I went to New Delhi, India, and you drove down the road, and there were millions of people and cars on the streets, and the cows would just stand right in the middle of the road, and everybody would just take time and go around them. So the zombies in town are like like a holy cows in India. They're just allowed to poop, lay right down in the middle of the highway, and everybody just kowtows to them. And so that's what's going on in, in Marysville. And people are getting beat up, thrashed. Their, their cars are getting vandalized. They get stolen from. Uh, people um, squat on their property, etc. So in this situation... The title of it caught my attention. Daughter runs car into man after he allegedly raped and beat her mother. The article is written a little odd. On one part, it sounds like she killed the man. And in another part, it sounds like maybe she just really uh, damaged him, but he didn't actually die yet. But uh, I think it makes a great point. So what happened is this man, whether he was married to the mom or just a boyfriend, This is a grown woman, and her mom uh, was raped and beaten by her partner. Let's just call him that. And so what happened was on a video, you can see it. It's a video that just plays, and it catches things, you know, like like maybe you have a uh, 
a security video system around your house, and it just picks up things that happen whether you were concerned about it or not. So anyway, this car is driving down the street, and you can tell it, this car then direct, directs itself into right up on the sidewalk, and a guy is sitting next to a wall or leaning against the wall, and she rams him and crushes him right into the wall. She backs up, and the guy is, is still moving around and alert, uh, it definitely hurt him, but you could see the guy's still got a lot of life left in him. But she backs up and repositions herself, gets an aim at the guy, and hits him again, crushing him against a wall with the bumper of her car. And um, then the guy's out, and there's a there's another guy just to the side of him that never got hit. Uh, but then it tells a story how the police came and uh, medical aid and all that kind of stuff. And uh, she was wanted for murder. And the, the final question is, um, what do you think about this? Do you think that that's righteous, what she did? Generally, in this country, we'd say no. But I'll tell you the rest of it as we come back from a break. We got the first of six, uh, five, five more breaks. It's the first one and five more. We'll be right back. President Biden was here today. What is your message to him? That he doesn't really believe black lives matter because the only thing he offers black women is abortion. You aren't doing us any favors by giving us a ride to the abortion clinic and paying for that black life to be lynched in the womb. If you really want to help black women, if you really want, to, uh, want us to believe that black lives matter to you, offer us the same things you offer illegal immigrants at the border. Remember, Al Sharpton admitted to wearing a wire against the mob. What? If you are willing to risk your life wearing a wire against the mob, imagine what you'll do against black folks. You feel oh, me? I knew, I knew he was always Remember, Jesse Jackson, these are not my words. According to William, uh, William Pepper, Dr. King family attorney. If you haven't read the book, Orders to Kill and the Assassination of Dr. King, you better read it. He names Jesse Jackson unquestionably as an accomplice to the murder. They say Jesse called off the security what? at the Divine Lorraine Hotel in Memphis on April 4th. There was a group of black brothers. Like, when I go around, I got brothers here doing security for me. Get them a hand, what? by the way, for helping to keep Dr. Umar That's safe. crazy. There is an update in the Amos Miller Amish Farmer case. What was scheduled to occur on December 16th was Amos Miller going to jail. A judgment of over $300,000, monetary judgment being issued against both him and his wife and his farm, which they could immediately collect upon, which could shut down his farm while he's jailed. Mm -hmm. And there was a bunch of arrested meat, meat that had been seized because it didn't comply with USDA's definition of what's a good meat. Well, we did reach a sh settlement on the short-term issues. The contempt hearing will not take place uh, next Friday. It has all been put in stay in abeyance. There's going to be no monetary judgment of some big amount. There's a reasonable payment plan on some of the much more modest amounts. And there's going to be no jail. So Amos and the arrested food is going to be released in a way that Amos can make productive use of it. 
Amos Miller is an Amish farmer in Bird in Hand, Pennsylvania, operating a private membership association with 4,000 members nationwide. Being a private membership association, Miller operates under private and not public resale standards. In 2019, however, the federal government stepped in and began imposing searches of private property, court orders, six-figure fines, and threats of imprisonment for Miller himself. For a month-by-month -month recap covering the escalation of Miller's case, please see the link in this video's description. In August of 2022, the Amos Miller story was catapulted into national attention. With this heightened level of public interest, Amos Miller was able to retain Robert Barnes as his primary attorney for the case. So these are people who want their food made in a very particular way. They do not want their food controlled by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. They do not want certain chemicals on their food. They do not want certain additives or preservatives on their food. His entire customer base is based on people who do not want the U.S. Department of Agriculture's version of food. So that's the background for the case. Robert Barnes served as representative in the Court of Public Opinion in the 2021 Kyle Rittenhouse versus Wisconsin case. According to Barnes, as the attorney for Miller's Organic Farm, he is in pursuit of both short-term and long-term solutions. Barnes' short-term solution was to remove the imminent threat of prison time for Amos Miller, see the removal of fines aimed at bankrupting Miller's Organic Farms, and reverse the restrictions placed on Miller's food inventory. Long-term solution is to build a custom exception plan that allows people to get the food they want and farmers to make it the way they want without the government overseeing all of it. So the short-term issues have been resolved. We're still in the intermediary solutions and the long-term solutions. But for Amos, at least he'll be able to have Christmas at home, not in jail, and the farm won't be facing imminent bankruptcy. I'm hopeful that we'll get resolutions so that Amos can get done what he needs to get done and the people that want Amos's food the way Amos makes it can get it as such. Some of those folks may need to start bringing suits to clarify this in a range of jurisdictions, independent of and separate from Amos's case. But also I think it's a call for legislative reform. Amos Miller's case and aspects of it show they got to change the laws, re remove the U.S. Department of Agriculture from controlling food supply, period. They should be in the labeling and marketing business, not the food governance business. And at a minimum, it should be made crystal clear in the law that no government regulation shall be interpreted to limit what a person puts in their own body under informed consent. I do think there are people out there that want to misuse this and abuse this power to control what we can eat. The bottom line is that the USDA has put itself between 4,000 families and their ability to decide what food they put into their mouths. And that is a personal attack on fundamental human rights. If you are not one of the 4,000 customers of Miller's Organic Farms, I want to highly encourage you to find your local farm using eatwild.com, a nationwide directory aimed at connecting local farmers to local consumers. I have a roommate. He's materialistic. Our apartment was burglarized. He got all upset just because the robber took his 52-inch flat-screen TV and put it in my room. <laughs> if 
We were talking about the lady that ran into the fellow uh, leaning against the wall. Supposedly that was her, I'm sure it was, the man that she thought raped and, and battered her mom. Uh, in fact, it says after, it doesn't show this on the video, but it says uh, after the woman ran into him the second time, two women got out of the car and one of them starts shouting at the man on the ground before they take off. So my question was, uh, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a righteous act or you think they should have just... Uh, uh, waited for the police. Well, first of all, this happened in a uh, city called Campo Grande in the nation of Brazil. And you think, oh, well, maybe they do things differently there. Well, we're doing things big time differently here. And I'll give you an example. So there was a guy i known for years. I knew his father, his uh, stepfather was a building inspector in Marysville. And uh, I got to know him. He is in and out of prison, this young guy or guy. And, uh, spent a lot of time in and out of incarcerated situations and he had a drug problem. And, uh, so I'd actually employed him at different times. And so, uh, one thing happened, you know, all of a sudden you have all these homeless camps, right? And so I was meeting gals in Yuba County jail. And one of the gals I met, uh, had been raped in the river bottom. She lived in a river bottoms camp. She was a heroin addict and she lived down in one of the camps along the Yuba river. And, um, I, I knew that uh, because she we would have chats in the jail because I teach in classes there. So one day, uh, the story goes, after she had been raped by a fellow, by this fellow I was just referring to that I happened to know, although I didn't know that's who he was when she was speaking about some guy, uh, he raped her. So what happened then, instead of reporting that to the police, because there is actually a different culture that has now evolved on the street uh, with all this homelessness, uh, that guys went and took things into their own hands, as they say, vigilante, maybe somebody called vigilanteism, right? And uh, movies have made about been made about vigilantes, where the vigilantes are the guys in the white hats, right? Because they go out and kill criminals. So what happened is these guys went down and they beat this fellow that I knew, ended up knowing. They beat him to death with a tree branch and buried him in an orchard right off Simpson Lane, just by the Yuba River. And so eventually, uh, the word got out that this something had happened, and then somebody discovered the, the, the shallow grave, and they found this guy uh, dead. And uh, they found the guys that did it, and they prosecuted him. So my point here is that as society becomes more and more lawless, which we have liberals that are passing laws to say, oh, we're not going to, if a person steals anything from Walmart and it doesn't get past $950 or if they steals a bicycle or a motorbike and it's not worth $950, we're not even going to put them in jail. We're just going to cite them and release them. And it really is just a misdemeanor. In other words, until it goes past 950 in California, it's not even a felony. So what happens is people know that those laws and they just, they just pillage the community. And so at some point, like I saw the other day, somebody had actually gotten down on the ground and they took a photo. They took a series of photos of a woman laying on her stomach 
uh, cutting off the catalytic converter of, of her this woman's car, and she got right down on the ground, and it was a ver- it was a great portrait. It was like a portrait shot of this woman uh, doing her thing, removing the catalytic converter. Now, if you go to San Francisco, there's a high chance. I mean, a very high chance that two two things could happen. One, your window could windows could be broken, and they will uh, go through your car. Number two, they'll take your catalytic converter off before you leave town. So you go down there to take take your your somebody out to lunch or go to Fisherman's Wharf or go to Golden Gate Park or go to science, you know, laboratorium or whatever. You go down there's a very good chance uh that your car will be damaged uh because thousands of cars are being broken into every year and I'm just not throwing a figure out. That's those are police figures. What I'm saying is to you, as the government does not do its duty, which is the only reason the government uh, was created in the first place. Cities and counties were created to provide uh, a higher level of protection of private property and people's lives. That was it. There was no other things they wanted from government. But pretty soon government began to promise things to people. Oh, we'll do this for you. Oh, we'll do this. Oh, we'll give you some money. Oh, we'll, we'll build this for you. But we're going to take some money from you in the meantime. But people really didn't want all that to begin with. They just wanted safety. They needed help with safety and security and keep what is theirs, theirs. That's one thing unique about a capitalistic economy is if we cannot guarantee the sacredness of private property and that people can actually own property. Many, many countries and many, many uh, times and eras in, in the history of mankind, the average person could not own property. And so right now, uh, Klaus Schwab and these people of the Great Reset are saying, we don't want you to have property anymore. We don't want anybody to have any property. We don't want you to own anything anymore. That's contrary to everything that's American. So these two women ran over this guy twice. Now, how often, if you, if, if that was a pretty common affair that men would be uh, taken out, whether they were run over or shot or beaten down with baseball bats, it really isn't hard to hire somebody to do this, as we just had the captain of the highway patrol here in uh, Yuba City hire someone to kill her husband. They were going through a, a, a battle and a divorce, and, and he was this man was hired, and uh, he ended up killing the, the commander of the highway patrol here in Yuba Sutter area, killed her husband down in Kentucky, and then... The, the commander of the Highway Patrol, who had also was going to relocate down there next to Kentucky and Tennessee, she ended up shooting herself after she became implicated in the whole deal. Now, uh, it's not hard to hire people to do things like, like for instance, the gal that was raped uh, in the Yuba County River Bottoms. That was not a boyfriend of hers, I don't believe, that beat the guy to death. It was just people that knew her and just liked her and thought that ain't right what he did to her. So we're just going to take care of business. Now, this isn't the first time in history that's been done. You understand? And I'm telling you that when government steps out of its role and abdicates its role or doesn't take take its role seriously, uh, these things will take place more and more and more and people will take the law into their own hands. You ever heard that term? Take the law into your own hands. And, uh, so, uh, and if you read the much in the Bible, uh, families over and over took the law into their own hands when their loved ones were abused. Uh, 
sexually abused. Women in their household were sexually abused. So that's that. Okay, let's let's move on. Um, let me mention a couple of people before we go into farther, and I need to kind of salt these in here, and because I want to give them credit, they keep us uh, either on the radio air or they keep us on the internet, and that's uh, Little Billy's Excavator and Backhoe Service operating in Yuba County. You can reach them about uh, with a, a dial or a text at 530-300-6010. I don't know whether you've ever used a backhoe service or excavator. I have, not from my own house, but at projects I've helped on. They are a lovely toy to have to make make life much easier, digging a trench, filling in a trench, leveling things, setting a septic tank, building a pond. They're beautiful. And so uh, Israel Garcia... Uh, a Marine served the country in the Middle East. He is now serving you in Northern California, and you can reach him at 360-10, and uh, he lives up here in Loma Rica, up here in the Yuba County foothills. Also, my friends uh, Will and Josh and Lupe and Jose, they are over here at All Power Services. They are fixing every broken thing they can find in the in the any counties. They don't they don't care where you bring it from. Outer Slombody is fine with them. They're at fourteen sixty nine Stewart Road. They call themselves All Power Services because they serve any type of a implement that is powered by something. Okay, electricity, diesel, gas whatever so whatever you have that's broken or needs tuned up or fixed from small to huge right from a bird to a to an elephant all power services will fix that for you 530 you can text or call 530-844-0347 that's 844-0347 if you go out there 1469 stewart road off highway 99 you will be amazed that place is full of everything from weed eaters Rototillers, chainsaws, big rigs, compressors, water blasters, all waiting to get sent back to their rightful owner. So I also wanted to mention, uh, you know, how we just went through this situation where there were uh, supposedly confidential documents at the uh, Mar-a-Lago. Remember that? That was a fraud, just another fraud that the media participated in with the FBI. The FBI now has become dark, like the KGB was uh, in Russia. And so you remember they went after these confidential documents, and they laid them out on the floor and took pictures of them, some of which weren't even confidential documents. It was a fraudulent picture, photoshopped. And uh, But in the meantime, uh, all along it was being said that, uh, you know, Obama had confidential do- documents and Clinton had confidential documents. In fact, Clinton had 30,000 emails, right? Mrs. Clinton. And uh, so lo and behold, uh, Biden had way more confidential documents and had them scattered all over the every place. Had them in his garage, had them in his, one of his offices, had them, had them, had them here, had them there, had them them everywhere. So now we have an article about a former FBI agent. This is like, you know, these agents, they have a lot of talent. A lot of experience, a lot of knowledge. And so when they get out of the FBI, they go to work in other areas where they could use their expertise in law enforcement. That's true of all law enforcement. There's nothing wrong with it. 
except what they do with it. So we have a former FBI agent arrested on money laundering charge, accused of working for a Russian oligarch. Now, you think, I wonder, you know, since the FBI pursued this case against Clinton being, uh, sorry, against uh, Trump being involved with the Russians, right? Oh, it's Russian, the Russian collusion. Remember the collusion? Well, this guy was right in the big middle of that. And then he retired. So uh, his name is Charles McGonagall, Charles McGonagall. And he was a big, big dog. He wasn't just some uh, gumshoe uh, FBI agent. He said uh, the FBI spokesman confirmed the arrest of Charles McGonagall, who was detained in New York's JFK airport on Saturday after returning on a flight from the Middle East. Prosecutors, uh, he, he was a former counterintelligence chief of the FBI's New York City office. Now, listen, when you are a counterintelligence chief at the FBI's New York office, that would be pretty much up the ladder for the uh, for the FBI. That's not being located out in the middle of the Midwest. So he was arrested on money laundering charges and violating Russian sanctions. Three top law enforcement officials told NBC News. So he's ended up working with one of the big dogs. Remember, uh, they were saying that that Clint, uh, sorry, uh, Trump was involved with these big dogs over in Russia. Even though we know that uh, President Biden was involved not only in China, but in Russia with the leaders of the country getting all kinds of kickbacks. So anyway, I won't go into all the gory details of this, but the McGonagall, uh, another man named Shostakov, an associate of an oligarch over there named Deripaska, and a third person attempt to conceal Deripaska's involvement through shell companies. So the, the government, U.S. government, had made rules or sanctions that they didn't want anything to do with Deripaska, and he couldn't just be involved in stuff in the United States. So... What happened is he, McGonagall, who's our former FBI guy, and these other people helped Deripaska overcome all these sanctions with forged signatures and other means. Uh, so this activity, so McGonagall, remember, uh, uh, sorry, Trump, became president in 2016, right? McGonagall retired in 2018, so he was involved in the Russia collusion thing. So, you know, any FBI guy involved in a Russian collusion thing is dirty because it was an entire hoax from the very beginning. It was fabricated by the FBI, paid for by the FBI. People involved in it, uh, even people that weren't FBI agents, actually had offices in the FBI. It was totally corrupt. So, uh, anyway... Uh, I just thought I'd like to bring that. I thought, oh, this is karma. This is what we used to call when we were a hippie. That's your, that's your karma, dude, coming back on you. So he was FBI. Uh, so FBI D Deputy Director Charles, or char uh, in charge, Michael Driscoll, said the FBI is committed to implementing economic sanctions designed to protect the United States and its allies. So they had these economic sanctions against Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska. And uh, and so this FBI agent, former FBI agent, worked to uh, 
to overcome that. And he knew how to do it because he worked on Russian foreign counterintelligence and organized crime, the Russian mafia. And therefore, he was working on the Russian collusion. Okay? Uh, so he had done some amazing things. Here's some of these things. He worked on the TWA Flight 800 when it was blown out of the air. He worked on the 1998 terrorist bombings in Tanzania and Kenya and investigated the terrorist attacks on 9-11. You know, when I hear some of this stuff, folks, I, I don't even believe these people are on our side. McGonagall was named special agent in charge of the New York Field Office Counterintelligence Division in, 19, in 2016 after serving as section chief of Cyber Counterintelligence Coordination Section at FBI. Listen, this guy was way up. And he was right in the thick of going after. And remember, they illegally remember Clinton, Trump found out that he uh, his rooms were bugged. You remember that at the hotel, his rooms were bugged and they were bugged by the FBI. And so uh, on and on and on it goes. This guy, McGonagall, was right in with all the rest of them. Chris Ray, Rosenstein, uh, Mueller. McCabe, the whole bunch of them are dirty dogs, and they should go to jail. But, of course, in, in the United States, you only go to jail if you're a small-time criminal. You do not go to jail if you're a big-time criminal that just, or if you're politically connected. You don't, there's two, there's two uh, rules now, and uh, you get off easy on that one. So you might have heard this last week. There's a uh, Republican National committee and there's a democratic national committee and there is a director of either of those committees or a chairperson that's voted not by you and me from whatever party we're in but it's voted on by the big money funders of those of those uh committees those campaign parties so in the republican side I'm not talking about conservative. I'm just talking the Republican National Committee. The person that's been doing that for the last dozen years or so is a lady named Ronna, R-O-N-N-A, McDaniel. Her middle name, her or her maiden name is Romney. Might ring a bell, Mitt Romney. So Ronna McDaniel, if you know Mitt Romney, you know uh, if Ronna has his DNA, it's really bad news. In other words, she's really an undercover agent for the Democrats working for the and getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. So Mitt Romney's niece is Ronna Romney McDaniel. And so she uh, there was an election this last week uh, because certain people get to vote on who's going to be in the chair person chair position. And so other people ran against her because she is a do nothing. And all she presides over is losses. And in fact, even on the uh, dirty campaign and the dirty election of Trump's election, she never even led any kind of pushback uh, or uh, flare up on the Republican party against the steal of the, uh, president trump's election and so she got away with murder she doesn't she just like jessica patterson out here in california she just as well worked for the other side sadly uh, uh she had some opponents in the race mike lindell my pillow mike lindell who has really led the charge 
of exposing the corruption of the 2020 and the 2022 election. He ran. And another uh, lady, Harmeet Dillon, who has a major law firm out here suing the government left and right, she ran. And uh, McDaniel, I guess, won, which is very sad to me. Uh, So we have basically her record. McDaniel's record is a record of failure. When you think of Mitt Romney, what do you think of Mitt Romney's accomplishments in life? Uh, He's a failure. And he's just a big pain in the rear. Uh, Same way with uh, Ronna McDaniel. We'll be right back. We're going to start our third uh, segment in just a second. president whose son's laptop from hell gets taken over and exposes massive corruption like nobody's ever seen before. You think the father, do you ever hear this? Do you think the father was upset? Dad, I left my laptop in a repair shop. Forgot to pick it up and this repair guy went a little crazy when he saw what was on it. What's on it, son? Every crime that you've ever committed, Pa. Now, at what point does the father get angry? You know, like, this kid is not working out well for me. Well, look, uh, we have great confidence in our son. He is the smartest man I know. He probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone, (laughs) anyone that you know. Parmesan cheese. Canadian veteran and political activist Jeremy McKenzie known as the Raging Dissident, was just notified that he can no longer do banking in Canada. As part of ending a relationship as of today, um, you're not to visit any of the Scotiabank branches or bank premises in person without first getting uh, written consent in advance from the bank, from management. So I'm banned from um, the bank. But it doesn't matter if you are a political activist or an obedient sheep because the banks are planning on taking all of your money to pay off their debts. I mean, it's a little bit conflicted, right? I mean, it's important that people understand they can be bailed in, but you don't want a huge run on the institution. But they have, I mean, they're going to be. That's The FDIC currently has less than $200 billion in assets to insure over $9 trillion. That's just 1.3%. They know that a system collapse is coming, and they are already planning for bail-ins. As trust begins to fail, the people will begin to withdraw their funds, which will only guarantee a banking collapse. This is known as a bank run. In 2012, the International Monetary Fund, known for their reputation of coercion, violence, and extortion, published staff discussion notes entitled From Bailout to Bail-In, Mandatory Debt Restructuring, of systemic financial institutions. After the 2008 crisis, the world learned what a bailout is. Trillions of taxpayer dollars printed out of thin air to pay off the bankers' bad habits. It was hugely unpopular, but pales in comparison to a bail-in. So what exactly is a bail-in? It is officially obfuscated with elaborate equations, 
but to put it simply, it is when the bank steals your money directly from your account. They called it haircuts when they did it in Cyprus back in 2013, which the courts later ruled was legit. And a recent video on TikTok shows that the new bail-ins may have already begun. So I'm a Bank of America and everybody's missing money. I'm also missing money over $1,300 and they're telling me to call customer service. And they keep hanging up and on they, And they keep hanging up on people. This is another person here is also missing money. So we're trying to see what's going on. Money's missing today and we need our money. And they're already telling us to call customer service. And customer service ain't doing nothing about it. So just a heads up, if anybody's experiencing this, please let us know because this is not right. I'm missing $1,400 from my account, and they're telling me that there's no way they can help us. This guy's missing money too. This other person is missing money too. And he's like, you missing money too? There you go. So this is not something that's just one person. This is everybody's happening to them. And this is crazy. This is very crazy. Yes, Bank of America decided to take people's money without their consent. And we're asking what's going on, and they're giving us a runaround. Everybody for the same thing, man. Same thing. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. One of the issues that's dogged you is, is that of your relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Do you regret the relationship that you maintained with him against Melinda's advice and wishes? Oh, I've said that I'm, I mean, this is, you're going way back in mm -hmm. time. But yeah, I, New audience. I will say for the, you know, oh, over 100 times, yeah, I shouldn't have had uh, dinners with him. Yeah, I shouldn't have had uh, dinners with him. Is that what we're calling it? Um, Epstein had a way of sexually compromising people. Is that what Melinda was warning you about? No. I mean, it, it's... No, I, I had dinner with him, uh, and that's all. And that you regret the relationship, the acquaintance? That I had dinner with him. Do you believe him? Hell no! Liar, liar, pants on fire. And I just praise God that Weight Watchers doesn't have a limit on how many times you can join. <laughs> I've joined Weight Watchers nine times and I'll, I've lost seven pounds. It's our third segment, and uh, talking about Ronna McDaniel, and it looks like, uh, so it said, I don't know how many actually vote, but I don't think there's a huge amount. It says on Monday, more than, this is before the final election, more than 150 major Republican donors threw their support behind uh, Republican National Committee Chair Ronna McDaniel. Anyway, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time here because... Uh, but just crying over spilt milk. All I'm saying is I do not support financially or in any other way or my time any of the national or state committees that have anything to do with Republicans because they are 
there's a Democrat Party and then there's Democrat Light, L-I-T-E, and that's the Republicans. And so I'm interested in conservatism and constitutional-based uh, candidates. And those are the ones I support directly. I, I just, when they keep sending me emails, they pick up my name off other lists. I just keep unsubscribing, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. No matter what Republican senator sends it to me, I, I unsubscribe it because the, I want my money to go to the person 100% that is running for that office, not get and support people like Ronna, McD- Ronna McDaniel or people like Jessica Patterson, and it gets a quarter of a million dollars to help Democrats get elected. It's, it, you know, it's one thing we got Democrats getting elected, and then we got Republicans helping Democrats get elected. That doesn't make any any sense to me. So uh, my, my encouragement to you isn't uh, I don't have personal animosity towards Ron, Romney McDaniel. I just don't want to be her or want to support her or want to support any of the uh, the government infrastructure or the Republican infrastructure that she represents. So, um, so it's interesting. Lindell, who I have great respect for, and he's a very bright guy. Some people write him off as kind of a nutcase. Uh, <laughs> that's the problem with our country. Uh, said. Lindell hopes to bring leadership of the party in sync with the base, which supports an American first agenda and calls for actions against those who've committed criminal actions in elections and push for COVID vaccine mandates. Everybody's with Mike Lindell on that. Harmie Dillon would be in the same place. But but this, the big dogs don't agree with that. They don't believe in America first, and they they don't know they don't understand what happened with COVID. This article says Americans don't want a candidate running the GOP with a record of losses. They want someone strong who will fight against the massive fraud and corruption from the left. Do you find it odd in your observation of what's going on in this country when people that claim to be Republicans, I'm putting quotes around the term Republicans, that claim to be Republicans do not stand up for just basic honesty and uh Good values, honesty, good values, integrity. But they keep endorsing corruption. Do you find that odd? That means that these people are lying to us and they are fraudulent from the beginning. And people like Ronna McDaniel and Jessica Patterson are uh, supporting and encouraging those types of people. It's bad news, people. It's bad news. And they never take any responsibility. It's kind of like I continually say this over and over again. When you're in the business of creating something and someone pays you to create it, whether it's build some cabinets for them or paint the house or remodel the kitchen, you get paid on the basis of what you accomplish. You do not get paid on something you don't accomplish, even though you said you were going to do something. You said you're going to be the best person for the job. You get paid when you do the job well. And so often in life, we base the private sector even on the government where they get paid whether they're total nincompoop, incompetent, unintelligent, lack of passion, paperweight. And we pay people to do nothing. 
and often not only do nothing, but they help the other side. That would be Ronna McDaniel, and that would be Jessica Patterson here in California. And it'd be true of, of our, uh, our uh, even our, our local campaign committees. Same, same. It's unbelievable. Uh, so let me, since I've been talking about this, let me just go down here and talk about something that's, that I find is fascinating. So we started this thing called freedomcoalition.net. And, uh, and we were working with a lot of different counties that were up in arms about the stolen election. And uh, we were wondering about whether the elections were righteous or not in these various counties. And so different counties, activists did different things trying to tease out or figure out how can we audit this election? And the, many of the election clerks said, no need to audit it because I already kind of audited it and looks good to me. Well, then we had other people come in like Douglas Franks, who's in that people wrote off as a, as sort of a math teacher, a fl- flunky math teacher. And the guy got a Nobel prize or was in the running for a Nobel prize in physics and knows how to read these stolen, uh, knows how to paper trace or track by paper these Dominion machines and other machines where the machines uh, manipulated the outcomes or added votes or took away votes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and showed how, and he came here in Yuba Sutter counties and show how both Yuba and Sutter County votes were wrong. So I've been following Shasta County because Shasta is amazing. They, they actually recalled some supervisors up there. So in the paper the other day, it says Shasta has thrown Dominion. Dominion is the company that was accused of throwing our presidential race. They lied about a number of things that said they weren't involved in other countries. They are involved in other countries. They, in their press release during the election when it was stolen, they attacked President Trump and called him fake news. It was amazing. I read the news release. It was given to me by the Yuba County clerk recorder. So in California, there are 58 counties, and the Secretary of State determines what machines, you know, it used to be we just counted all by hand, and this wasn't an issue, but when machines came into play, the Secretary of State had to look at the machines and verify that the machines would be uh, honest and uh, worthy to be used. So then they would recommend various machines to be used. Uh, You know, you could take a choice. You wouldn't have to use just the one the state picked, but you'd have to pick one of them, right? They gave us a chance of three different ones, I think. So anyway, Dominion of 58 counties, Dominion was in uh, 40 counties. And we looked at some of these things uh, when we were doing the uh, Freedom Coalition quarterly meetings because we had about 10 different county people that were coming together, and some were working on these election issues. So finally, Shasta County activists, first county in the state of California, 
throughout, they, they convinced three out of the five supervisors to throw out the Dominion machines. And they're gone, baby. They Three votes is all it takes. And uh, the Dominion voting machines are unaudited, and they will not allow an audit of the, the Dominion voting machines. And so because of that, the activists prevailed, and they will not be used in Shasta County any longer. So, uh, again, still 39 other counties, including Yuba and Sutter counties, use the Dominion machines. Uh, and so you just have to take the word of, Dom- of Dominion officials that the uh, vote, you say, well, wh- I don't know, how. what do you think, Dominion? We think the vote, we'd like to have an audit. We think the vote was uh, dishonest. They say, no, we've looked at it. It's honest. That's all there is to it. So anyway, there was a punch out at the Board of Supervisors, which you, you can imagine. And so the, the county clerk, which would be equivalent to our county clerks here, her name's Darling, not Darlene, but Darling, like Darling, you're my darling. Darling Allen, she had it out with Supervisor Patrick Jones. And basically, uh, the, the supervisor just said, uh, we're going to terminate this agreement. So, you know, when government doesn't want things to, when they don't agree with things, you know, they always scream and shout how much this is going to cost government. And the, they're going to say, how much is going to cost the taxpayer? But when they want something in government, when the big dogs in government want something, they just think, oh, well, we have plenty of money. Yeah, this isn't, no, this isn't, isn't coming out of the general fund. No, this isn't going to be involved. No, this will be fine. Everything's fine, 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 fine with spending bajillions of dollars when they want to do it. But when, when our own elected representatives say, nah, I think we, we're going to try one of the other machines, then... CEO of the county, that'd be like uh, Attaboy over there, Steve Smith, or uh, Kevin Mallon. His name up there is Patrick Minturn. He said it was cost the county at least a million dollars to bring in a new electronic machine and train the employees. Really? Think it's going to cost that much? I think people exaggerate the numbers depending on their agenda. So the board's majority agreed with those who spoke in favor of ending the contract and argued you can't put a price tag on voter trust. And they told the county clerk, do you know something? Our our voters in Shasta County don't trust the vote. They don't trust the system anymore. I don't care what you say. They don't trust Dominion. And, and this article says that uh, Shasta County was one of the strongest pro-Trump counties in California. So you think, ah, I see people got a little PO'd. So in, in a, in connection to this article, there's this meme here of a a woman with her hands and hands up to her face. Like she's frustrated or beyond herself or crying. And she says, I just found out my father, a lifelong Republican is now voting Democrat period. And then she says, he never would have done that when he was alive. So that's what we have going here. Basically, we're, we believe, I believe, and many people that are friends of mine believe, and for good reason, which with evidence at this point, Yuba County, Shasta County, Sutter County, the election wasn't accurate. It just wasn't accurate. And so how do you get it fixed? Well, if nobody is going to fix it, 
then you either have to remove uh, supervisors and vote the system out, right? There's certain things you can't do. There's certain legislation in the state of California and probably your state that indicates how an election has to be taken. So some people say, we don't want to use a machine anymore. We want a hand count. That's all we want to do. That's what Shasta County's talking about. But that may be difficult if the state says you cannot hand count anymore, then you can't hand count unless you're going to try to f- f- uh, force something through the court system. So it's it's an interesting situation, and, uh, and it looks like even though uh, Douglas Franks came here and spoke, I think, to the county clerks and to the two sheriffs, who the sheriffs, by the way— have a right to investigate any of the agencies. The sheriffs are independent. They are not hired by the government. They are independently elected. They can come in and investigate any office in the government they wish to. So, but neither Yuba County or Sutter County Sheriff has, at least hasn't come out to, uh, it hasn't come to the surface of whether they have an investigation. I hear through the uh, back channels that they're they're investigating. Uh, I've heard that they're investigating Yuba County, for instance. But I don't know. Who knows? They could just, you know, we've been waiting for them to investigate the killing of the Marysville police chief's wife. For what, since 2015 or 16? And still nothing. Still nothing. It's amazing. You know, there is, uh, let me just, since I'm right next to this article, I'm just going to finish this. You today have no rights, zero, unless you're willing to stand up for them. And if you're not willing to stand up for them, they're going to be declared gone to you. And, uh, and, And they'll be saying, don't even be trying to do this anymore, right? In my window, right to the side of me here, in my house, I have a room that we podcast out of. I have a uh, no trespassing sign that's a very legal sign. It lays out all what you can and can't do on my property, who can't be here, and it lays out the, the actual code uh, statements there. And it was based upon Chris Ann Hall's uh, document that I could I could sign and actually have the person coming to my door from the government arrested if they don't follow the rules on my no trespassing sign. There was there was a time in America when it was a kinder day when we were just courteous to law enforcement or to government. And if people came on our property to ask a question or 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 we kind of just were courteous to them. And uh, but weren't really wanting to put up with a lot of crap, but we were kind of kind to them uh, because they didn't overstep their bounds. So this is an interesting thing that happened. Let me just give you this quote first. It is proper. You should understand what I deem the essentials, essential principles of our government. Equal and exact justice to all men of whatever persuasion religious or political. That would be Thomas Jefferson in 1801. So we have a lady, and uh, 
she was voted or chosen as 2022 and 2022 is Alaska's principal of the year. Not, not a county's principal of the year, the entire state's principal of the year. And, uh, so I want to I want to tell you about what happened to her because it can happen to you. And that's why I put this sign in my window because I was expecting a visit visit uh, from the government and I'm not going to put up with them, right? So what happened was this principal of the year happened to be a Christian woman. And she would post on her private Facebook account comments or something about her faith and uh so this uh, this writer says wellness checks you ever heard of a wellness check you ever called to another police department in another part of the country maybe we are you can't get a hold of your father you can't get a hold of your relative and you said can you go do a wel- welfare check and that just means they go to see if they're all right in their home so it's a very common thing nationwide, and I used to ride with the police a lot, and we would go, or even with fire, we'd go do a welfare check because we'd go check and see if the person's inside and they're okay. So, and frequently they, in fact, we found people that were down, they couldn't get up, and we've got them to the hospital. So they're much needed. There's a needed thing. So... uh So therefore, it happens. It happens. I don't. I don't want to get good on the rabbit hole on this, but I want you to tell you tell what happened. So, uh, this guy is writing this article. He was a uh, used to fly in a F twenty two pilots. They, you know, airplane squadron. He was a pilot and a military pilot. And uh, so he's talking about people that. You know, our people, like cops and everything, are sworn to defend, protect the Constitution, etc. So, Mary Fulp, F-U-L-P, principal at Colony High School, as I mentioned, principal of the year, was removed from her home by Alaska state troopers and involuntarily, involuntarily committed without a court order. That means she was taken to an institution without a court order. That means she was sitting on the couch, watching television, having a cup of coffee. They knocked on her door. I'm going to tell you the story right now. Apparently, one of Fulp's siblings was concerned, in quotes, about a faith message she posted on Facebook and demanded a wellness check. In other words, my sister or my relatives losing her mind. So she's sitting on her couch, Trooper comes, she opens the door. The officer looks at her, no danger, seems totally sane. And so the officer thanks her for her time and goes on about his way. We're going to take a break right now. We're halfway through the show, and I'll come right back and tell you the rest of the story and why you might want to be just on your tippy toes. Be right back.
Seattle City Light says eight charging stations of theirs have been hit. They um, are taking the metal and they are uh, turning it in for monetary gain. Um, unfortunately, uh, the amount of money that they're really gaining is nominal. It's about $10. But the cost to replace the cables comes at a price tag of about two grand, plus about $500 to have them put in. This question made Corinne nervous. Let's take a look and uh, you will like. I promise, guys. Uh, another question on the documents. Um, you have said, though, from this podium many, many times over the last two weeks that this president takes the handling of classified material very seriously. And yet we continue to learn about more documents being found and discovered at his home, including now some that go back decades to his time in the Senate. So why should the American people believe that this president takes classified material seriously and the handling of it? I, uh, that's not my problem. Who said you can trust? <laughs> really? <laughs> and he was very clear what, with, with the response of what we're currently seeing. And he says, I take this very seriously. He said, I didn't know. Uh, that the documents were there. Ah, <laughs> uh, no more question. He said, I didn't know. Okay, 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 we believed. Yes, this is 1000% guarantee that he's not lying. Okay. That's a great plan. He said, I didn't know. Seriously? He said, I didn't know. If you have problem, just say, I didn't know. I didn't know. What happened? I didn't know. Why you, why you do that? I didn't know. I didn't, oh my god. <laughs> I told you so. DC Drano just released the police body cam video from the night of Paul Pelosi's attack. Let's take a look, shall we? Uh, how you doing? What's going on, man? Good. Hi. Drop the hammer. Uh, no. Nope. Hey, 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 hey. Now, I'm no psychologist, but Paul Pelosi doesn't look very distressed. First of all, he addresses the police with a, hey, how are you? While he's sipping on a drink in his underwear. This wasn't a home invasion. I said this once and I'll say it again. Stop watching TV. It's all a pack of lies and it's rotting your brain. But not the news, especially the news. Do you see it yet? God bless America. Do you guys know who Pat Tillman is? The man that walked away from football in his prime. NFL. Not high school. Not college. He walked away from the NFL. I mean, he walked away to serve his country and was in, ended up getting killed in friendly fire, putting his life on the line, and won the award Arizonan of the Year. Now, guess who they gave the award to this year? Brittany Griner. It's like... How disrespectful. You might as well not have given Pat Tillman that award if you're going to give somebody like Brittany Griner the award. Can somebody explain to me what has Brittany Griner done that is significant as Pat Tillman? What sacrifice has she made? I'll wait. What sacrifice? She literally went to a foreign country, got popped for drugs, and admitted to it she pled guilty. That's why I pled guilty to my charges. And we ended up having to rescue her from her own stupidity. You ain't on the same level as Pat Tillman. There's an odd phenomenon taking place across the world that a lot of the greenies don't want you to know about. And that's because it relates to one of their pet hobby horses, renewable energy. Renewable energy, of course, is supposedly attractive because it's so cheap, it's virtually free. Well, that's what they want you to believe. But have you noticed the more of this free energy there is, the more expensive our power bills actually become? 
We're also told renewable energy is effective and it can actually replace the legacy baseload power systems that are currently fueled by coal and gas. Well, that too is a fantastic claim. For all the hundreds of billions of dollars spent on renewable energy, it comprises less than 16% of global energy supply and the vast majority of that, it comes from burning wood. Wind and solar actually account for just 4% of the mix. The Greenies, though, will tell you that's not true. Crony capitalist outfits like the World Economic Forum will claim wind and solar account for 10% of global energy. Well, they're wrong. And they conveniently ignore burning of biomass as well. My point being, the data you're told about wind, solar and the benefit of renewables is cherry-picked to suit a cause. The truth is much less effective than the spin in pushing their cause. But there's another inconvenient truth. Wind turbines across the world are collapsing at an alarming rate. Bloomberg reports the frequency of combusting and collapsing turbines is spiking. And one insurance underwriter said, we're seeing these failures happen in a shorter time on the newer turbines, and that's quite concerning. Now, we know these monuments to green grift are a danger to wildlife. They kill birds. We've got whales being washed up on beaches. Now they're catching fire too. It makes you realise the green dream is neither safe nor effective. help me and um, if you're needing some legal work done like I'm just saying I was talking to Nellie Garcia with North Valley Paralegal last night she said oh Lou somebody listened to you on the show and they're coming over to get a trust done you might need some legal work done legal work doesn't mean you're in trouble just in we we live in a very legal society so you may need a will done or may need to change the way your deed is drawn on your house or you may, may need to change your lot line and do some documents or you you know just on and on and on so if you need some legal work done north valley paralegal can help you they recently moved over to 1110-1110 civic center boulevard that's the same street that the sheriff's department on and the Sutter County Courthouse is on and all the government buildings are on. She's at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard, Suite 202A. And you can reach her at 530-751-9289. Now, I, I like her because she's very close to me and I, I know her work and she's done work for me and many other people I know. And Nellie Garcia is good. She's honest, she's fair, and she's fast, and she's a bulldog. She doesn't put up with any baloney. So if you want her help, 530-751-9289. And uh, where she used to be uh, was down on Sutter Street, right down the street from Allen's Auto Body. And I'm going to tell you about Allen's Auto Body right now. That's Kevin and Carrie Clark. And they fix cars and trucks and all kinds of things and they also paint things they they're professional painters 
of implements and stuff. So if you want to fix up a car or you're just fixing up the car you drive every day like I do, things break, things fall apart. You have to order new parts, get them put on, or paint the hood. Something happens to the hood, something. And they will do it for you fairly, honestly, and uh, you'll have a good experience. And that's uh, you can call them on their landline at 530-671-1057, 671-1057. They're on, on the corner of Tea Garden and Sutter Street. If you get on Sutter Street between the two bridges, it's the only building with a bright yellow thick stripe around the side of it. You can't miss it. Tea Garden and Sutter, Allen's Auto Body. Okay, so I was talking about the Alaska principal, school principal, high school principal of the year. And so the sheriff came up to do a welfare check, talked to her. They had a little chat. He said, oh, well, he checked her welfare, and she was faring well. So uh, anyway, he left. And uh, I'm getting down to it again. Sorry, I'm just... uh, So he left, and then an hour or two go by, and two officers show up along with a relative of the principal. And after talking to Mrs. Fulp, Mary Fulp, principal of Colony High School, they put her in the car. Uh, So the, the story goes, now there are two two troopers and a family member who asserts that she has a court order to have you detained sent and sent for psychiatric evaluation. I want you to think if this happened to you, what you would do. Troopers accepted the authority of the order with, and without a resistance led Miss Fulp away into custody to a hospital for psychiatric evaluation. The article says you endure the indignity of having your personal possessions confiscated and being stripped of your clothing and dressed in a hospital gown. A psychotropic drug is administered to you. You were detained for three days. The whole system says, never mind. Mary Fulp was removed from her house without cause and subjected to a terrifying detention. Without any cause totally trumped up crazy reason she was forced into a mental health facility without a court order by those with whom she and the community place their trust they are called police officers in this case the department of public safety dps has candidly acknowledged their officers should have forced her into a, should never have forced her into a 72 mental health 72-hour commitment. The DPS To DPS's credit, they have already conceded that their officers did not follow proper procedures to assure that a judge had actually made a determination that she was at risk of harm to herself or others to justify the deprivation of her freedom. At no time did she pose a risk of her harm to herself or others, and she should have never been forcibly placed into a mental health facility. After determining the troopers acted on a family member's claim of a court order that ultimately was never issued. It was never issued. They did not see a court order. They just did a claim. What the family member produced was a forged document and Cockrell 
Uh, Colonel Cockrell of the Department of Public Safety said the troopers should have done their due diligence to ensure that there was a proper and legal document. He said, we made a drastic mistake here, and I've ordered a review of our policy procedure, da-da-da-da-da. To compound matters, the mental health facility knew it had no valid order to hold her. You see what I'm saying? The mental health facility knew it had no valid order to hold her. This traumatic experience is a free citizen's worst nightmare, and this broken system has caused her and her children inexcusable and immeasurable harm. That's what her attorney says. The wellness check process is connected to a red flag provision in Alaska law passed last year concerning involuntary commitment. It's interesting. You think, oh, that would never happen here. Really? Your memory is short. Your memory is not good. People's businesses were forcibly shut down. In some cases, they were threatened with incarceration if they didn't comply. And the only reason they didn't take them in cuffs was because they also were sold a bill of good by the government, the police officers were, saying that they couldn't lock people up because of the COVID would kill them. And they could only take them in for very, very serious crimes. So the crime of operating your business without proper authority with the government, you know the government now, it's amazing to me, we were just having this discussion the other day, in some, in some jurisdictions, say you decide to start a business. Many jurisdictions will not allow you to make money. I want you to think about this. You think you're free. You think, I think I'll do, start doing people's hair. I'll braid people's hair. This happens to many Africans coming to this country. They know how to braid hair. And they want to braid hair. And they say, some governments say, well, you can't braid hair in this jurisdiction unless you have a cosmetology license of which you must go to school and pay $15,000. I want you to think about what freedom is. If I want to go dig somebody a ditch, or if I want to do something, I should just be able to do it. I make a private agreement with the individual, and we he's going to pay me so much, and I'm going to put him a new... Uh, water line in right or i'm going to do somebody's braid somebody's hair right you realize that even in yuba city and marysville that to have the privilege to sell products or do services for people in that jurisdiction you have to give the government some money it's like a bribe it's like a protection bribe for the mafia it's extortion is what it is what are they providing you for that? Oh, they provide you police and... No, they don't. That's not just... It's chump change for that. It's just another way to get money. It's just another way to get money. Just because you want to... In other words, if you didn't want a business, you could still live there, and they were, they aren't going to charge you for living there for police and fire. But if you want a business, if you're going to make some money off the people that frequent that area... 
the government wants a cut. They get a cut off everybody. They get a cut off the sales tax. They get a cut off the gas tax. They get a cut off every little fee, the the recycling fee, whether you buy a tire or a Coca-Cola. It's on, it's on and on and on and on and on. I want you to think about your freedom. They could shut you, they could take your business away from you. What does it say in the Constitution? It says that we have we have a right to due process in the 14th Amendment. What what happened during COVID? There was no due process. They said, oh, the Constitution is only applicable when the sun's out and everything's fine and there's no crises. But the Constitution of the United States is of no help and is not effective when there's a crisis. That's what these tyrants say, like Tyrant Newsom. So people are are uh, detained, violating their Fourth Amendment rights, due process, before they're detained and put in and given psychotropic drugs and their clothes and all their possessions are taken away and their car keys, right? And their car and their house sealed. But then people can be further deprived of their Second Amendment rights. You get a felony against you, you can have your second, that's your gun rights taken from you. That's totally contrary to the Constitution. It doesn't say that in the Constitution. They just made that up to limit people's gun rights. Just because you have a felony doesn't mean you shouldn't have a, be able to carry a gun. Mary Fulps, she was the poster girl for great principles in the state of, Cal- uh, state of Alaska, and her, they violated her basic rights. Those troopers took an oath to protect Mary's rights. Do you know that troopers and police officers and sheriffs are, are protecting the rights of the victim and the perpetrator? Because when they're involved... They, are, they have to protect both rights because they don't know really what happened. They think they know what happened, but a court of law and a judge is going to ascertain and the district attorney is going to figure out and argue the case to determine, did this person really do the damages that this victim claims they did? Or was it someone else? Or did they even do that? Maybe they're not telling the truth. So people in the United States, we always used to love to say we're innocent till proven guilty. No, you're not. You're not. That's why I put this. I am. I am taking this first step. When I put a no trespassing sign, you say, Lou, that no trespassing sign is going to do you any good. It's going to do something. Because if that person comes and they got no reason to be on my property and I have it posted, I'm going to have them arrested. That's called a citizen's arrest. And I'm going to turn it around on them because if they have no business on my property, it used to be, I just used, everybody could come by. In fact, you know, I had Obama and, and he was president. The secret service came to my door and how did you, you know, I don't even have time to discuss all the details of it. I'm just telling you what happened. And they interviewed me two different times over two weeks, two guys together saying that I sent a letter to the White House 
that said I was going to kill the president. They never showed the letter to me. I asked for a copy. They never got around to showing me that letter. I don't know whether they had one back there or not. But they interviewed me for one time. And then they came back for a second time. Because you know what they said? Well, our boss wants us to interview you one more time. So we had another interview, right? They could have taken me right there and hauled me off. After the first time, I called the sheriff of the county. Why? Because he's my only elected representative that can protect me against an agency like the Secret Service. And I explained to the sheriff, hey, I said, do you know what a Secret Service guy is? He said, never met one in my life. Been in law enforcement for, I don't know, at that time, he said 18, 20 years, 30 years, whatever. He said, never, all these years, never met a Secret Service. I said, well, they just, I had two at my house. He said, you're kidding. What happened? And I told him what happened. And I said, if I disappear, I just want to let you know where I might be with the Secret Service somewhere. My point in telling you this is to forewarn you. I am nobody. I'm not a high profile. I don't lead any big groups. I'm not any uh, with any uh, paramilitary groups, etc., etc., etc. If they could stop by, if somebody could throw, in fact, the Secret Service told me this on the way out. They said, do you have a woman that hates you or something? Are you going through a divorce or something? Or do you have some people that really hate you? I said, yeah, people don't like my opinion sometimes. They said, dude, uh, they, they didn't say to pack, but they'd say, this is the Secret Service of the United States of America. They said, we think you should watch your back, my friend, after what they saw happen to me. My point is saying to you that any, any agency, I'm talking about any agency, I'm talking about the uh, Environmental Protection Agency. If you're up there in the foothills and you got yourself a pond and they think that you're using water that isn't yours because it fell out of the sky and ran down the hill and ran into your low spot and your, your herd is dipping into it with their tongues, you're liable to be crossways with this crazy Biden administration EPA. Trump put them on the back of their heels. I'm just saying to you that there's all kinds of that Don't you remember reading about all these people, all these millions of rounds of ammunition that the Department of Consumer Affairs was getting, that the IRS was getting, that this, this agency and that agency, they're all packing weapons. And they could come and just scoop you up like they did the principal of the year 2022 in Alaska, the high school principal, lovely lady had no record, had no history of anything, and somebody got a bean up their nose because this gal was a Christian and said something Christian on her Facebook site. And so she rallied up and talked her way into getting a couple troopers to go pick this her relative and take her to a mental health organization. Some people, you think, oh, that couldn't happen here. I'm telling you that I have friends that darn near got arrested for cutting hair. And refusing to to cut for to not cut hair, and the Marysville Police Department was right on the cusp of taking them down to the uh, the jail, and then Consumer Affairs came back into town and and raided the barbershops again, 
and arrested a guy that I know and I've known for 30 years. I knew him when he was a little boy. They arrested him and took him out of his shop and took him to the the booking station at Yuba County Sheriff's Department, and they refused to book him because it was a nonsense arrest. And they left him out on the curb without a ride home. The consumer affairs people. Listen, folks, they peep, the government can do whatever they want to you. It's gotten way too big, way too powerful, and is going to be right up in your business. And my only point in saying all this isn't to create fear. It's to create uh, understanding and vigilance on your part that if you do not know what your rights are, if you do not get prepared and get organized in your own life and know what you would say and know what you would do, then you're going to get caught on your heels and you're going to get hauled off and you're just going to say, yeah, but I got rights, but I got rights, but I got rights. But if you don't stand in those rights and tell them to go fly a kite and I want to see the court order, right? It's like amazing. People say when when you know that cops need to have a warrant for certain things and you don't insist upon seeing the warrant. Where's the warrant? Well, we know that with Trump, the FISA warrant was corrupt. The FBI lied to get the warrant the same way this woman lied to the troopers saying she got a warrant from the court to have this woman apprehended. And. And I, I think the troopers were probably nice guys, and they got caught oh, not following protocol. So I just want to encourage you, we're going to take a break here, to think about your life and to get organized. Be right back. Thousands of government-sponsored experiments did take place at hospitals, universities, and military bases around our nation. The goal was to understand the effects of radiation exposure on the human body. While most of the tests were ethical by any standards, some were unethical, not only by today's standards, but by the standards of the time in which they were conducted. They failed both the test of our national values and the test of humanity. In one experience, scientist experiment, scientists injected plutonium into 18 patients without their knowledge. In another, doctors exposed indigent cancer patients to excessive doses of radiation, a treatment from which it is virtually impossible that they could ever benefit. The report also demonstrates that these and other experiments were carried out on precisely those citizens who count most on the government for its help, the destitute and the gravely ill. But the dispossessed were not alone. Members of the military, precisely those on whom we and our government count most, they were also test subjects. Informed consent means your doctor tells you the risk of the treatment you are about to undergo. In too many cases, informed consent was withheld. 
Americans were kept in the dark about the effects of what was being done to them. The deception extended beyond the test subjects themselves to encompass their families and the American people as a whole. For these experiments were kept secret, and they were shrouded not for a compelling reason of national security, but for the simple fear of embarrassment. Begin to write one of the most shameful chapters in the history of American medicine. Of course, the infamous project called the Tuskegee Study of Untreated Syphilis in the Negro Male. In 1932, America's Public Health Service set out to study syphilis, but it pursued this worthy goal in a manner that was irredeemably cruel. Several hundred African-American men, men the Public Health Service recruited at churches and clinics and farms, were used in the study. Most of these men had syphilis. None of them knew their bodies harbored this disease. And then the Public Health Service followed the men's lives, watched how the disease developed, all the while withholding medicine, withholding treatment of any kind for these innocent American citizens. Medical professionals willingly, intentionally, let human beings suffer from a treatable and then later a curable illness. These researchers knew that mercury and arsenic compounds could treat the disease, but the Tuskegee men did not receive the medicine. Later, the researchers knew that penicillin could cure the disease, but again, the Tuskegee men did not get the medicine. They didn't get treated until the 40-year study was discovered and stopped amid public outcry in 1972. It was a disgraceful episode for American science. We feel the repercussions still, tremors of distrust that have not yet disappeared. To this day, the Tuskegee study makes some Americans think twice about donating blood or taking their children for vaccinations or signing an organ donor card. So today, America does remember the hundreds of men used in research without their knowledge and consent. We remember them and their family members men who were poor and African-American. Without resources and with few alternatives, they believed they had found hope when they were offered free medical care by the United States Public Health Service. They were betrayed. Medical people are supposed to help when we need care, but even once a cure was discovered, they were denied help and they were lied to by their government. Our government is supposed to protect the rights of its citizens. Their rights were trampled upon. Forty years, hundreds of men betrayed. Colossal Biosciences is using CRISPR gene editing technology to resurrect animals that have gone extinct. They are starting next year with a woolly mammoth and are making plans for the Tasmanian tiger. The plan is to release 100 woolly mammoths inside a park in Siberia. This is officially being done under the guise of climate change. They claim that by adding megafauna back into the Arctic tundra, it will offset carbon emissions. The company has already raised over 12 million euros which includes funding from the CIA. The CIA's venture capital firm, InQtel, is a stakeholder of Colossal Biosciences. 
Euronews points out that the plan seems counterproductive, seeing as how over 30% of trees worldwide are currently going extinct, and points out its potential dangers of introducing ancient unknown pathogens into our modern world. But when you look into the company's co-founder, George Church, it becomes clear that it's really all about pushing the agenda of human cloning and transhumanism. Harvard scientist George Church received donations from 2005 to 2007 from Jeffrey Epstein, the infamous pedophile transhumanist who was planning on establishing a baby farm at his New Mexico ranch to seed the earth with his DNA. In 2019, Church awkwardly apologized for his association with Jeffrey Epstein on 60 Minutes. But it, you know, it was one of these things where you first learn about it and, the, and it's not, it's just like, uh, when you first hear about it, it doesn't sound like it's something serious. And it's only recently that we've found out that, that uh, there was something serious or that become aware how serious it was. The professional connection between Jeffrey Epstein and George Church was their common desire to clone humans, which is something that Church is most passionate about. His work has been focused primarily on creating superior humans and wants to bring Neanderthal man back from extinction and give them their own culture and political force. He is also passionate about creating customized living creatures out of DNA to serve mankind as we see fit. When asked if he believed in God, Church responded that he respects all people's faith, but his faith is in science and that the true understanding of nature is only available to the scientists. This psychopathy that has infected man with an obsession to play God has attracted many atheists into the field of genetic engineering. But not everyone in this field wants to play God. Dr. Bruce Lipton was a pioneer in the research of cloned human stem cells. His research revealed that the environment and our perception of the environment is what controls our genetic activity. This is known as epigenetics. And as a result of his research, he stopped being an atheist and found faith in God. This and the nature of his research has alienated him from today's scientific community, which seeks to destroy nature and control it. But you can still find his work, and I recommend that you do. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. This is our fifth segment. We have six in all, so this is our last two segments, 20 minutes apiece. So um, if you have a, a line, every once in a while, I live in an older house, but every once in a while, things don't move away from the house when I flush the toilet right or down as you flush the water out of your sink. Maybe you're doing the dishes. I still do my own dishes. I don't use a machine. <laughs> 
or you pour a bunch of water down there and it doesn't go. And you don't want to deal with it yourself. You try to deal with it, you don't. And you need somebody to clean out your lines. You might call Thrifty Rooter. I know these guys. I know the husband, I know the wife, and I know some of the people that work over there. They're good people. They're honest people. And they are concerned when you got a problem. They come over as fast as they can. Sometimes people think they're as fast as the ambulance service in town. That's not to put down the ambulance service. I know them too, and they're fast. I trust them. I think they got a lot of good people working there at the ambulance service. But Thrifty Rooter, they tell me they're fast too. They get over really quick. In fact, somebody told me that he just he called them to, to fix a, you know, where at a at a uh, restaurant, you know, when they wash dishes day and now, day, day and night, day and night, day and night, grease, 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 and they have grease traps in the floor to catch a lot of the grease. But sometimes it just plugs up that old sewer, and they need somebody like Thrifty Rooter. They said they called Thrifty Rooter. Boom! They got over there within 30 minutes. They had it all flowing like it like it was a virgin pipe so they've been around here for over 40 years they serve in all kinds of counties up here in northern california so just give them a shout and we give you their number it's a landline they got dispatchers just all hyper vigilant and anxious over there at 530-673-8201, 673-8201. They have a website. If you, wonder, if you ever wonder, well, I wonder if they do this or I wonder if they do that, and you want to check on it before you call them, it's really easy. It's an easy website to go to, Thrifty Rooter, R-O-O-T-E-R, R-O-O, like root of a tree, Rooter, thriftyrooter.net. And it tells there, they even do go out and, uh, you know, when you got a problem with it, I've had problems with septic systems. I've been, lived in places where we had septic systems. And sometimes they get backed up or something's going on, pipe comes apart underground, or the, the tank gets full for some reason, you know. So they can pump that whole thing out and really help you solve that. And lots of plumbers can't do that, but they do. So you can reach them at 530-673-8201, and they will... They will help you do a nice job for you. Also, Dave Green is construction. Green, the color with ETZ on the end. Green is construction. They do the nicest remodels in town. And they do a kind of a specialty on kitchens and baths. But they can do other remodeling as well. They've even built amazing decks and uh, outdoor rooms out in the backyard uh, they even put in, I don't know if they still put whole house fans. They used to put whole house fans and baby, now that PG&E has gone through the roof, you may need a whole house fan to cut down running that big old air conditioning unit that sits out by your house. But you can find out all those things at greenitzconstruction.com or go to their Facebook page at Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. And, um, you can see photos there of what their work is like. And even the plot, the the floor plans, the old design of the kitchen, you know, and you could, you, you know, what your kitchen looks like. You could say, oh, well, I wonder if we could change the sink over here, open that wall over there, open this up over there, and uh, they can give you some amazing ideas, and you can see the quality of their work. So five three zero six eight two nine six zero two. That's their phone number. You could text or call at five three zero six eight two nine six zero two text or call that number or, or you could just simply uh 
you can simply go to those uh, two sites, greenestconstruction.com or Dave Greenitz's Facebook page. All right, let's get back down to it. We have uh, this the rest of this segment and then uh, another segment, so we're doing good today. I want to give a shout-out to a guy. Uh, he's a Philadelphia Flyers player, and uh, he's a Russian. Ivan Provorov. Provi, they call him Provi. He's a defenseman for the... Uh, Philadelphia Flyers that's if you're not familiar with hockey I'm not too familiar with hockey myself I like to watch it when when a lot is at stake I don't know all the rules like I should so it doesn't make as much sense to me as some other sports I like to watch but I appreciate the athleticism and the the gnarliness of hockey players and Ivan Provorov he's a Russian Orthodox Christian and so um the NHL, like the NBA and like Major League Baseball and all these other National Football League, they all get into these social consciousness gigs now. And so the NHL just decided to have Pride Night. Now, it, Pride Night may work for basketball and maybe a little baseball, maybe a little football, but hockey, gay Pride Night. So anyway, they had Pride Night, and what they do is they auction off some of the players' stuff, like they'll wrap their sticks with uh, rainbow stuff and then auction it off, or a gay Pride jersey. So each, they were supposed to wear these gay team gay Pride jerseys on a Tuesday night, maybe just before the game and warm-ups, and then they were going to auction them off. And the money would all go to the gay movement. So Ivan said, ah, not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm a Christian boy, and uh, I don't agree with that lifestyle. If you want to have that lifestyle, then have a good time, but uh, I'm not going to do that. And so he didn't participate with the warm-ups for Pride Night. So they have what they call a pregame skate, right? It's kind of like when baseball players go out and they warm up, they run and down the line, they run back and forth, they stretch their legs, they start throwing the ball back and forth, back and forth, same way with basketball. All of them do the same thing. So the 26-year-old hockey player, uh, they were playing the Anaheim Ducks, and I know the Anaheim Ducks, I've never been to any of these games, but my uh, daughter and her children and husband, they go to the Anaheim Ducks games. And the Anaheim Ducks, they're good people, they provoke, they're all big supporters of the Children's Hospital in Orange County, and I'm not saying these teams do everything they do is wrong. I'm not saying I'm just saying that Provorov, uh, it's interesting when these people say, well, you're intolerant because you should have participated even though you don't agree with our lifestyle. Or what they say in a, in a different way is even though you don't participate in our lifestyle, you should endorse our lifestyle. That's what they're really saying. That's what they want is our lifestyle is as valid and wonderful as your lifestyle so therefore, you ought to sell sticks and and uh, and jerseys and all that kind of stuff to benefit us. Now, heterosexuals never go out and say, "Hey, this is heterosexual night, so everybody wear a heterosexual shirt and let's wrap the stick in some other color and auction off the sticks and do this and so and the other thing, right?" But all these minority groups 
We got to have everybody. It's not enough to for us to be able to go do these things like screw a goat or whatever and uh, not get arrested. But we want you to say we think screwing a goat is just the nicest thing we've ever heard of. We've just never done it ourselves. So the NHL has not released a statement on the matter. Flyers, Flyers coach John Tortorella said he didn't contemplate scratching the player for not taking warm-ups. And uh, the first-year Flyers coach said, that's Tortorella, said with Provi, they call him Provi for short, He's being true to himself and to his religion. This has to do with his belief in his religion. It's one thing I respect about Provi. He's always true to himself. That's where we're at with that. I thought, oh, good for you. That sounds like an NHL. And I think with the NBA, they just said, well, you know, we're going to have to suspend him. We're going to have to fine him $50,000, right? By the way, you, have you been watching if any of these uh, – I've been watching Andrew, you know, a lot of these uh, NBA guys had to take the jab, right? All these guys had to take the jab, and Andrew Wiggins has been out sick. And Andrew Wiggins is one of the players that said, I'm not going to take the jab. And so the city of San Francisco said, well, if you don't take the jab, you can't play basketball in in your court, in your arena, in the city of San Francisco. If you want to play in Miami or you want to, when you go out on the road, you want to play, fine. Well, that was a bummer for the NBA, the Warriors. So they put pressure on Andrew Wiggins, one of their top players, an all-star player last year, to take the jab. And recently he's been out of the lineup. And I've been wondering, I wonder what's wrong with him. Just wondering. Just wondering. Because we got this uh, football player for the Bills who had the big old, the big one, had the big heart attack. Right. And people said, oh, old DeMar Hamlin. Oh, he took a big shot to the chest. No, 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 no. He didn't get hit. He tackled somebody else. And there's no heart specialists that are saying that he had the syndrome when you get hit right in the sternum with like a baseball line drive or like with a hockey puck coming at you at 85 miles an hour. Boom. Hit you right in the chest. Sometimes that can stun the heart, they say. They have a term for it. They say maybe 100 players in the last 50 years or something like that, or 100 years, have had that syndrome happen to them. Not in football, not tackling people, not in rugby, where you're colliding with people, but when an item like a ball or a puck comes at a high speed and hits you exactly right in the center of your chest. So the DeMar Hamlin thing is looking more and more like a COVID jab. And now people are questioning whether DeMar Hamlin is really as healthy as they're saying he is. Do you remember the lady named Tiffany Dover? That ring a bell to you? Do you know that Tiffany Dover, she was a dark-haired white woman in a blue medical outfit. And behind her was CHI Memorial, which is the name of their hospital facility. And on December 17, 2020, Tiffany sat, like lots of 
medical people and politicians set, and they were going to get the jab. And they were all being the example, like, look at me. This is no big deal, right? This is like easy peasy. And she took the jab, and she immediately collapsed and passed out. Now, for some people, they just can't handle a jab, right, of any kind. Just totally throws them off. But you would think a person, you know, if you're going into the nursing profession, you're around jabs all the time. In fact, you might even have to take a jab to work. Like maybe you have to take the flu jab or you have to take other jab, tetanus jab or something, right? So Tiffany Dover took the jab, and then we don't ever hear from her again. And many people think that Tiffany Dover died that day. But the hospital is kind of trying to cover it up. Did you know that? And so there's been people looking for Tiffany Dover ever since. Did you know that? And uh, the COVID con, uh, I'm trying to think of the, uh, let me give you the website if you want to follow them, the covidblog.com. It's a cool website. And uh, they're saying, hey, why don't they just introduce Tiffany Dover back to us and let's see how she's doing today because they said, oh, she's fine. Everything's fine. But then there's other people that say, no, there was a death certificate that had her name on it at her city that she died because of the COVID jab. So it said this blogger, the guy that runs the blog I'm just telling you about, he said in January of 2022, a year ago, he said he still believed there was a 10 to 20 percent chance that, that Miss Dover was still alive. And then NBC News published a ridiculous podcast that pushed Dover's chances of being alive to zero in his mind. He said instead of, they, they made all these flimsy excuses about her. But the fact is, no one has seen her again. She's never done an interview, and no one could find Mrs. Dover, Miss Dover. So now the question is, is what about, like, for instance, you remember all the shots of photos or video clips where they showed people like Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and all these different people getting jabbed, and then they would show a close-up of the jab and one of them d didn't even have the cover taken off the needle. You know, they take the, the plastic cover off the sharp end. So they're going to inject you with it. And it, it doesn't really, it, it was a fake. It was a fraud. So now they're, they're bringing up questions about the DeMar Hamlin. You think, oh, well, I saw DeMar Hamlin. He's alive. He's well. He's been interviewed. He's this. And I hope so. But I do not put anything by, by our government the NBA, the NFL, or any of them to lie to us or the medical profession to lie because they're still lying at my hospital right next door to me here. I can see it from uh, the upper story of my house. I can see the hospital. And they are insisting on people wearing masks, masks to get in. We say, oh, that's all just all about sanitation and health. No, it's not. <laughs> A mask does not keep you from getting ill and it doesn't keep others from getting ill from you it's a joke it's a fraud it's a bad joke that is not science and it does doesn't give me any kind of uh 
encouragement. It's like if you see the, all the hospital people washing their hands thoroughly before they work on you, that kind of gives you encouragement that you're not going to get infected, right? Masks do not help me at all because they're lying. They're lying putting them on. It's a fraud. It's like a cop. It's like a person that's not a cop putting on a cop uniform. The guy is a fraud. It's more than just a uniform. So in the covidblog.com, they're comparing the Tiffany Dover situation to the Damar Hamlin situation. Damar Hamlin, according to what I've been reading, is the Buffalo Bills insisted, not all football teams did, but the Buffalo Bills insisted on everybody getting the jab. I think there was one guy that refused. And so it's, it'll be interesting. Now, we've had a huge spike. The insurance industry is saying the death of younger people that's under 65 is up like 160%. And you know how they, how they tell the insurance people? Because they're paying out on deaths. Now, also, I said, I think I said a week ago or two weeks ago that some Insurance policies are not willing to pay out if you suicide or if you take experimental drugs. The jab is an experimental drug. Like if you take heroin and overdose, they're probably not going to pay on that. It's an experimental drug. It's not endorsed by the medical profession. Neither is the jab. But maybe they're going to just, just go pay for it anyway. But the, the amount of money being paid out for death claims is way up. I'm talking about way up this year. I mean, this last year. Since the jab. All of it since the jab. In fact, just watch. There's certain uh, media outlets like Western Journal and other places, Breitbart, that are printing like young people, 15, 16, 25, 34 People that are on television. There was just a female, I can't remember her name. I think she's 40. B beautiful woman. She's now got myocarditis. And the, and the medical doctors kept putting it off. Oh, it, it didn't have anything to do with COVID. First, first of they said it, uh, she had the flu. Or she had some other minimal deal. No big deal. She kept going back to doctor, back to doctor. Finally, they got it down to myocarditis. Carditis. Well, that could be caused by the flu. Oh, it couldn't have been. No, no, no. No, the jab. No, no, no. No, no jab, no jab, no jab. They just, right? It's called gaslighting. What What's really going on, they're not wanting to talk about. And that's happening all over our country. Gaslighting. Uh, patients and many patients that are really suffering are ending up deciding since nobody they can't get any help, they end their lives. Did you know that? People are ending their lives that have got uh, damage from the, the jab. We have one more uh, break and then we'll be right back. Keep 
everyone's in on the Great Reset. Well, almost everyone. There's one guy who's got the power to do something to stop it, and you know exactly where I'm going. And they made a mistake. They tried to get Trump on their side, so they invited Donald Trump to Davos, I think a couple of times. But in January, when Donald Trump, I think, really began to see the beast that he was up against, he went to Davos, yeah, to the World Economic Forum, and he stuck a mega finger in their eye. We're committed to conserving the majesty of God's creation and the natural beauty of our world. But to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. These alarmists always demand the same thing, absolute power to dominate, transform, and control every aspect of our lives. We will never let radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our country. Two days after Donald Trump gave that speech, the 89-year-old leftist weirdo billionaire George Soros made an emergency intervention where, at Davos once again, warning that the U.S. 2020 election will determine the, quote, fate of the whole world. Now, in the context of Davos, take a look at this one more time. This is a month after Donald Trump addressed Davos and stuck the MAGA finger in their face. Here's what Francis, the Vatican, and Jeffrey Sachs had to say in response. And it is a dangerous country right now. It will be absolutely dangerous if Trump wins re-election. Trump wins re-election. Trump wins re-election. Francis invited this guy to the, to the Amazon Senate as an honored guest and advisor. He's also Bernie Sanders' advisor. What's he doing in the Vatican? Why is this guy who is a promoter for socialist, out-and-out out socialist, Bernie Sanders, what's he doing advising the Pope? Why does he have entree to the Vatican, friends? Sachs supports abortion and contraception, but that's not a problem for the Vatican. For the Vatican, for Pope Francis, and for his friends at the U.N., Donald Trump is the problem, obviously, friends. Clearly, I consider the Trump administration a danger to the world, but I regard it as a purely temporary phenomenon that will disappear in 2020. Do you get it? Do you see why there's so much hate for Trump? Because with all of his faults, again, he's the capitalist. He's not the globalist. He never will be one of them which is why he pulled the United States out of the Paris Climate Agreement. Donald Trump pulled the United States out of the World Health Organization. That's Bill Gates and company. And now he's threatening to pull the United States out of the World Trade Organization. People say, yeah, well, Donald Trump got married twice. He's a bad guy. Really? <laughs> he's right in the face of the demons on this, friends. Nobody ever said he was a saint. He's knocking the sacred cows of the United Nations down all over the world right now. The General Assembly routinely votes 185 against the United States on almost everything right now. And you remember, speaking of the United Nations, in November of 2019, again, right before COVID landed, Trump went to the UN on the floor of the General Assembly, and he declared war on globalism. Wise leaders always put the good of their own people and their own country first. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. And shortly after the speech at the UN, Donald Trump delivered, what do you think happened? The coronavirus was unleashed on the world and Trump's booming U.S. economy 
went on life support. Do you think that was an accident? So when they tell you, when they tell all of us to stay home, wear your mask so grandma doesn't get sick, please understand what's really going on here. They don't care about your grandmother. They don't care about old people, these people. They don't care about babies. They want them aborted so that they can save the common home. Abort babies, millions of them all over the world. They don't care about babies. They don't care about old people. In fact, if you want to save your grandma, tell the globalists to stay the hell away from her. You remember how some of them, like Cuomo and characters like this, were running COVID-recovering patients through nursing homes? That's how much they care about grandma. And the name of the game now is to bring the United States economy to its knees, get it out of the way, so that everyone will want the Great Reset. Make the new normal so intolerably abnormal that even you and I, maybe, you know, at some point in the near future, will be begging for the vaccines because we'll be driven crazy by that point. Begging for whatever else is going to keep us safe, according to our jailers and our handlers and our zookeepers, you see? That's what they want. That's why they keep using this term, new normal. You know what we do to fight back? Go to work. Go back to school. If you're healthy, take off the mask. And for heaven's sake, go back to church and pray that Trump wins in November. That's what the reset was. That's what the Russia hoax was all about. That's what, that's what the, the uh, impeachment hoax was all about, don't you see? For four years, I've been trying to stop this man because if he strengthens America, if he makes it great again, if he brings the economy back again, the reset won't happen. The new world order is going to be set way back. Who knows when they're going to have another COVID opportunity like this one again, and they know it. So ask yourselves why they hate this man. These folks, these men, they hate God. They hate the unborn. They hate the traditional family. They hate you. And they hate Donald Trump, whose political opponents, by the way, right now are knocking statues of saints to the ground. They're beating up cops, and they're burning flags. <laughs> you say you don't like Trump. I'm sorry, friends, but who cares? That doesn't really matter anymore. But you think of Trump's personality or his tweets. Look at the big picture. The choice is simple, friends. Stand with America right now or fall with the new world order in the not-so-distant future. There's no other choice. I'm Michael Matt from Remnant TV, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, I was just talking to Ted Holmes uh, with the plumbing doctor, although I was talking to him about construction because we've been looking at an apartment complex that needs a lot of work to convert that into a rehab and transitional living program, get people off the street. So we were talking about whether we could pull this off. And uh, so I wanted to mention him today because he supports me on the air here. And... Uh, he cut, he has a plumbing doctor and, and they're a little bit different than some plumbing outfits. Some plumbing outfits, they simply clean out 
your uh, they clean out a blockage, make sure that's cleaned out and opened up for you. Some other plumbers will actually replumb things for you and uh, take apart the wall in your house and replumb it and and uh, do redo things or something fails. And so plumbing doctor is a full contractor type plumber and uh, but they'll do all the small stuff as well and so you can reach them at 530-671-9111 530-671-9111 and of course they're available like all emergency operations every day of the week around the clock to help you get your house or business back to normal and uh so I wanted to, uh, let's see, we got one segment to go here, and I wanted to, I, I was leading into this discussion about being gaslit. So there's a lady named Breanne Dressen, dress with E-N on the end, <clears throat> and uh, she, she is, she's the type of person that, there's some good people in this world, right? She's a former preschool teacher in Utah. And she volunteered to participate in the AstraZeneca COVID-19 jab clinical trial in November 2020. She thought, you know something, I this is really serious. She bought the government's uh, talk about COVID is going to kill all these people. So she thought, hey, I'm going to I'll be a good Samaritan here and I'm gonna, a philanthropic person. I'm going to I'm young. I'm going to. I'm going to take this jab, right? Her name's Brianne Dressen, formerly a preschool teacher in Utah. And so uh, she, it didn't go well. So right after she took it, let's see if he, uh, let me see if it, where it tells what happened blow by blow, because this article really tells about what happened and, uh, Anyway, it doesn't tell. Basically, she's a preschool teacher. She took the shot, and she, uh, when she went to the doctor, they just kind of blew her off. And they ignored what her problems were. And uh, she says here, after Dressen and her husband repeatedly pled for help from the National Institute of Health, the NIH finally flew her and others to the NIH to be evaluated, studied, and in some cases treated. But to this day, the public and the medical community are not being informed about the major neurological injuries that can occur post-vaccination. Even though the NIH knows early intervention is a key for such autoimmune problems. So she says this happened to her. Uh, so now she's co-chair of React Number 19, React 19, the leading nonprofit organization aiding those injured by the genetic vaccines. So you may need this information if you or your loved one has had a problem. She said this has happened to tens of thousands of Americans that I know of, it's likely far more than that, where patients are met with physicians that are doubtful, unbelieving, and in many cases just outright dismissive to their parents' complaint, the patient's complaints. And that really puts a patient in a very vulnerable situation because 
If you have family members that are doubtful of what's actually happening with you, there's some people that have made the ultimate choice to end their suffering. In other words, the family members think, oh, you're just, it's all in your head, right? So I, before COVID, 30, 40 years ago, I had a, uh, my brother-in-law uh, wasn't feeling well. He was probably in his 40s. His job, he had a TV uh, tech, uh, electronics repair shop. And he wasn't feeling well, and he used to go to, like, these service clubs, like he'd be in Kiwanis or some service clubs. So there was a chiropractor he knew, and he said, man, he, how's, how you doing? His name was Dave. And he said, how you doing, Dave? I'm not feeling good. I haven't been feeling good for a long time. Keep going to the doctor. And finally, the doctor said, I think you ought to see a psychiatrist. So the chiropractor said, why don't you come down and let me take an X-ray, and let me just look you over. So when the chiropractor took the x-ray, they found a big, funky lump on my, on my brother-in-law's lung that the other doctors did not discern. It was there in the original x-rays. They just didn't notice it. It was there when they re-looked. When they, but at that time, months had gone by, growth had happened, and he ended up with lung and brain cancer. The doctor had told him to go see a psychiatrist. My, my uh, brother-in-law died of cancer. That's what he died of. Now, this woman, Brianne Dressen, who volunteered to be a guinea pig, began to have neurological problems and damaged her life and went to the doctor, and they said, oh, I think you need to go have a psycho psychological evaluation. And she said, there are people that are so damaged and people are just, and there's no help for them. Doctors are not wanting to admit that the, and, and get under the microscope of the government that this is a, a result of the jab, so they just don't treat them and just blame it on them. That's called gaslighting, people. It's called gaslighting. It's, it's ignoring or denying the real cause and think it's all in your head. And so you may end up needing this. You think, well, I haven't had any. We had the shot, and I haven't had any problem. It, it, you're going to have a problem. So she, so you can look up on your search engine, React 19, Brianne Dressen. Brianne Dressen is the lady that runs it. It's run entirely by volunteers working with over, they have over 20,000 vaccine-injured Americans to help with treatment and support they need and connect them to doctors willing to help. There are doctors out there that are, that are specializing in the treatment of vaccine injuries. We want them to be, in, she says, we want them to be empowered to be able to make the decisions and take ownership of their healing when everything around them, their medical teams, their jobs, their government has abandoned them and essentially stripped them of that power. Does that just piss you off? This just pisses me totally off. Our government who inflicted this upon us now says they have no responsibility and there's nothing wrong with the vaccine. You know what we need? We need lots of government figures to drop dead of the vaccine deal we need we need professional athletes to drop dead like damar hamlin i don't you know i'm not wishing harm it isn't a personal thing to me the sad thing is that a lot of people that are just 
everyday wonderful Americans pay their taxes, love their children, get their children involved, train their children well, make good citizens out of them, are the salt of the earth people in America, and they are being abused by the very government, including the law enforcement, (laughs) harassment, and the health departments that are supposed to be caring for them and helping them. It's just a total ripoff. The other thing that I I think I mentioned this in one of the shows a week or two ago. Somebody told me that if your loved one has died from COVID shot or from COVID, you could get money like $9,000 from FEMA. Now, it sounds odd to me, but in one way it might be true. There might be money for COVID deaths because of all the the exaggeration they created. Now, exaggeration was with the virus. That isn't going to kill anybody itself. But the jab is killing people. There is no question about it. People are dropping dead quick from the jab or after a period of few months. Some people's immune system takes longer to damage. And, oh, by the way, have you seen the... Let me see if I have this. This is amazing. This was just sent to me earlier today if i have it these morticians around the world i guess i maybe don't have this these morticians around the world are finding so much clotting in the bloodstream that in order to embalm you know the concept of embalming if you want to have an open casket funeral They have to embalm the person to keep the person looking like they did before they died to preserve them. That means they have to remove the blood and fill them with an embalming fluid. But the, the blood vessels and the arteries are so full of clots that they literally have to pull the clots like pulling a worm out of a hole. They have to pull these long, elongated, stringy things like pasta out of the veins of people to be able to refill them with the fluid to prepare them for burial and for viewing. And they have them, these clots, floating in formaldehyde. And they are not like a little round chunk They're long, like a big, funky earthworm, and thicker than an earthworm. They fill, they get as large as the vessel will allow them to get, the clots. The system is clotting up from the the jab. These are all victims that had the jab. And it's like 50, 60%. They interviewed hundreds. I don't know whether I have this... uh, I don't think I have this on here. Literally, they interviewed hundreds, and they did not bring up anything about COVID. All they brought up is, if you've noticed in the survey, anything unusual about the autopsies or when you're having to do um, the, the work of a mortician about preparing them for a viewing. Like, if you're just going to bury them, you don't need to do anything with the vessels. 
But they said it's a very unusual thing. They've never seen it any other time in their life. It started when the COVID jab started. How much, let me ask you this, how much information or convincing is it going to take for you to like wake up and actually get off the mainstream news and quit listening to your government that's lying to you and actually learn about what's really going on? Lots of doctors here locally in Yuba Sutter area were so petrified of the government. They just said, everything's good with the vaccine. Everything's good with the jab. Well-tested, effective, safe. You know, I'm not making up the words. That's their words. They posted it on Facebook with a, and in the local newspaper. I saw it on Facebook. Endorsing the corrupt... Fong Lu doctor that has no idea what she's doing and she's just repeating other stuff that people said she has no idea and she her actions have killed and maimed thousands of people in the Yuba Sutter area. It's just unbelievable. I don't know if you've heard about this guy, Dr. Ryan Cole. I saw him first on YouTube. He was testifying before a, like a supervisor's meeting. This guy is a pathologist from Idaho. He's got one of the largest pathology clinics in the United States. And he was telling them about COVID and about that was back when we were arguing about all the COVID protocols and the masks and all that kind of stuff. And he was, and then the shot started, right? So Cole is the type of guy, he's where they send the specimens to when they work on your loved ones and they take a biopsy and they send them into the lab. He's the lab that gets them, and he's the guy who, because he's got a pathologist is a medical doctor. They've already got their degree as a medical doctor. Then they go back and go four more years to study disease. Ryan Cole reported a dramatic spike in high aggressive cancers among vaccinated individuals never reported in the media. He found a frighteningly high incident of highly aggressive cancers in vaccinated individuals, especially highly invasive melanomas in young people and uterine cancers in women. That's interesting about that because I had two friends, one a female around 30 in Cambodia that worked with orphans. She's Cambodian. And she died right away from uterine cancer. Detected and died right away after the shot. My my male friend in um, Vietnam, husband, father of two children, he took the jab against people's advocating he not because he didn't want to be confined to his house. And he went immediately into a coma. His platelets crashed. That's his, part of his blood. And he never came out of the coma. He died about 10 days after 10 days in the hospital. So Ryan Cole says, other reports of act- activation of previously controlled cancers are also appearing among vaccinated cancer patients. Thus far, no studies have been done to confirm these reports, but it is unlikely such studies will be done, at least studies funded by grants from NIH. A high concentration of spike proteins found in the ovaries in the biodistribution study could very well impair fertility in young women, alter menstruation, 
and could put them at a, a increased risk of ovarian cancer. We're seeing a lot of that among women. The high, you know, the, it's amazing to me the the government's so easy to say, oh, this person died of COVID, or the disease COVID, the illness COVID. This person died of COVID. That person, oh, that person was positive for COVID. This person, it was all a fraud, and now they won't they won't attach the the jab to any anything. The high concentration in the bone marrow could also put the vaccinated at a very high risk of leukemia and lymphoma. That's where you lose your platelets. The leukemia risk is very worrisome now that they have started vaccinating children as young as five years old. No long-term studies have been conducted by any of these makers of COVID-19 vaccines, especially as regards the risk of cancer induction. COVID uh, chronic inflammation is intimately linked to cancer induction, growth, and invasion, and vaccines stimulate inflammation. Cancer patients are being told they should get vaccinated with these deadly vaccines. This, in my opinion, is this is so amazing. This is the top pathologist. He said this, in my opinion, is insane. That's an incredible word for a doctor to use. This is insane, he says. Did you hear me? This is a pathologist, one of the top pathologists in the United States. He said this is insane. Newer studies have shown that this type of vaccine inserts the spike protein within the nucleus of the immune cells and and once there inhibits two very important DNA repair enzymes, BRCA1 and 53BP1, whose duty it is to repair the damage to the cell's DNA. Unrepaired DNA damage plays a major road, role in cancer. Think about it, people. Oh, we're just going to believe whatever the government tells us. Forget Ryan Cole. He talks about one of the defective repair enzymes caused by these vaccines is called BRCA1, which is associated with a significantly higher incident of breast cancer in women and prostate cancer in men. No one tested these vaccines for any of this stuff. That's what he's saying. They've never been tested for long-term effects. They've never been tested for induction of autoimmunity. They've never been properly tested for safety during pregnancy. No follow-up studies have been done on the babies of vaccinated women. No long-term studies on children of vaccinated pregnant women after the birth. Neurodevelopment of babies. It has never been tested for effects on long-term list of medical conditions, like the effect of the shot on diabetes, heart disease, arterial sclerosis, neurodegenerative diseases, neuropsychiatric effects, induction of autism spectrum dis disorders and schizophrenia, long-term immune function, vertical trans transmission of defects and disorders, cancer autoimmune. Well, that's it for today. And, um, I hope you are well and stay vigilant and stay on the learning curve. We all need to stay on the stretch. Uh, we'll be back, Lord willing. I see trees are green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, Why don't one 